Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. Dylan Aloner here. Steve's too busy today. Terry's always busy. And um, we had Erica lined up, but she got busy at the last minute. So it's just me. But we're here with some amazing, talented people. You may have seen them on America's Got Talent a few times. Um, it is Duo Transcend, Mary and Tice. How are you? Good. We're doing good, man. Thanks for having us on. No We're problem. Excited to, be here to talk with you. Well, I'm wearing a SeaWorld shirt in honor yeah. of you guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump that's on that. The, that's the first professional uh, duo trapeze job we had with SeaWorld, and it was before, you know, the, uh, what was the documentary? Blackfish. Blackfish. So, yeah, we started working there before the whole Blackfish thing, and then when that came out, there was, you know, a lot of things in the news about you know, SeaWorld mistreats the animals and all that. And I, I agree that a whale is too big to be living in a tiny tank. But, I mean, you know, it's kind of hypocritical because you have the zoo in San Diego that's got elephants, and no one was there protesting. And yeah. we got to see the trainers backstage and how, you know, much they loved all the animals at SeaWorld. So we were put in kind of an awkward position yeah. with that. So tell, tell us about the show that was there. I... I... I think I did see it once. I don't, I haven't researched well enough to know if you guys were there at that time when I saw it, but it was, it was kind of in that cove area and it was yeah. trampolines and stuff. Yeah, it was, uh, so they, they did the show for, uh, I think they started it in like 2002 is when it started. So they, it's been running for, gosh, it's, it's getting close to like eight to 18 years or yeah, something. But it's canceled this year. Yeah, they yeah, canceled um, it this year. Tice's brother, so when we left to go work for Cirque du Soleil, um, Tice's brother was actually going to take over the duo trapeze role, okay. um, and he was going to do that this year, but it's completely canceled, so it's kind of sad for all the performers. Yeah. It was a great show, though. I mean, it was kind of cool, because we literally would just, like, jump into the the bay. Like, they just, yeah, there's that, like, code bay area that comes in at, at, at SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. And they just built an amphitheater around the bay, and we would just jump in. So, had a cool, great show. It, it changes every year. Every year, it's a different show. Uh, but we did that for five years in a row, from 2012 to 2016. I think 16, 2016 was our last last uh, year doing it. So I think it we great. maybe ran went around 2014. So, okay, we, yeah, we would have been there. I saw you. Now you said that was the first, first, the first professional job as a duo transcend. You also were with Circus Soleil. Did that happen after? Yep. That? Yeah. So we were, we met working in a diving show in Utah, and uh, we got married. And then that year, that show closed down. So uh, we had some savings. So we decided, okay, well let's train really hard and see if we can get hired by a professional company. And if not, then, you know, we'll, we'll figure something else out and get another job. And the SeaWorld show was the first professional show that we auditioned for in Las Vegas. And they didn't hire us with our duo act because they didn't have treppies and we didn't even really do treppies yet. I was doing aerial silks and Tice was doing just acrobatics. So we went and auditioned and we auditioned for like separate roles. And then we both got called back. And then in the interview, we're like, oh, by the way, we're married. And I think they really liked 
that we were married because this company is very family oriented. And I think that helped us get the job because they were kind of like, oh, like you guys are married and you're doing this together. We love that. Yeah. Maybe more of a, less of a flight risk than, you know, (laughs) a single person. Right. Right. Yeah. So we worked there and then the next year they said, oh, we're hiring a duo trapeze act, like a professional act from Vegas and we need a backup. So we're like, oh, we'd love to be the backup. So we trained and we got hired for the backup. So we did that part-time. And then the rest of the week we were doing the normal acrobatic roles. And then the next year they were like, actually, we want you guys to be the full-time trapeze act from now on. So we were like, sweet. (laughs) And then you end up touring internationally. Yeah. Yeah. So since SeaWorld was only a summer show, yeah. we we did that in the summer. And then we got hired to do a show in Hawaii, which was like the best contract we ever did because we got <laughs> yeah. to live right by the beach. We do the show at night. And that's actually where I got pregnant with Jax <laughs> on accident. <laughs> <laughs> so got pregnant there, but didn't know yet. Um, we went back to San Diego for the summer. And that's where I found out I was pregnant. And I was two months pregnant, and I remember my boss was, like, noticing that I was – there are only a couple times, like, after our act, I'd run and just, like, go throw up. And he, he was suspicious that I was pregnant, but he was trying to be super nice about, like, making me feel comfortable with it. So yeah. he's like, you know, my my wife, she – you know, she's a performer, too, and she thinks she might be pregnant. And I keep telling her that it's fine, that you can just work for as long as you need to. And he was like fishing and like trying to get me to admit that I was pregnant. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool for your wife. And I just wouldn't <laughs> talk about it. But then finally I'm like, oh, I need to tell them. So I told them and they were really supportive. They're like, you can keep working as long as you want to. You just need a doctor's note saying you can work. And the, the doctor was like, you can work until you're six months pregnant if you want. But we, we stopped when I was four and a half months because at that point I was like, this is getting uncomfortable. And yeah. I could just tell that's when I needed to stop. So yeah. we, we stopped at when I was four and a half months. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, and the cool thing was, is like that, like literally like the week that we stopped was literally the same week that we, the show was closing for the season. Right. So it, it ended up being perfect. Like she got pregnant, like perfect timing. We finished out the season she that that winter we had the baby we had jacks and then we went back and then did uh sea world again right after did you do anything solo while she was um kind of out for pregnancy yeah yeah we did the the cool thing is we've we've been able to build kind of a, a relationship with a youth circus school that's in minnesota oh cool it's called it's called uh circus juventus and what's cool about it is it's a it's a really huge program. There's about a thousand kids that are enrolled in it every every school year, and it's kind of an after school um, circus program. It's this huge facility where um, the owners Dan and Betty Butler um, they put this whole thing together, and they have um, like professional circus coaches that come in and teach all these kids. So I think we spent uh, a full month. I think were we there a full month? Yeah, we were there a month. I think we were there we like a full month. We um, left, and you did some trampoline gigs, and then we went back. Remember when I was like yeah, pretty pregnant? Yeah, I went back again. So yeah, we spent some time just training kids, and and then I did some solo trampoline gigs on my own and stuff like that. Well, you mentioned you met at uh, doing diving at a restaurant. 
Yeah. Uh, the good old Mayan. Yeah, the good yeah. old Mayan. Uh, another intersection of us before we met today. Um, I worked there for a while. Not in the oh, main restaurant. Oh, you did? Not in, the, not in the main restaurant, in the Express over in the okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. I, you know, I was going back and forth all the time, and we, we, yeah. we went quite often. And cool. I, don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's videos from the Mayan on YouTube. Yeah. And, and many of you guys are uh, featured in it. It was cool to, yeah. cool yeah, to discover those. We have seen some of those. Now, how did, how did you meet there? Could she, you did the diving mostly, correct? Uh, yeah, I got... I never uh, was a diver, like, in high school, or I never trained as a diver, but I moved out to Utah from West Virginia to go to school, and I needed a job, but I didn't even know what the mine was. I just saw it was hiring cliff divers. Cameo. Extreme close-up. But... I was like, cliff divers, what's this? And I went, and they were like, well, you jump off the cliff? And I was like, yeah. So they were like, we need a girl that will jump off the cliff. So they hired me, and then they trained me how to dive after they hired me. And uh, Tice was on his mission at the time. Like, he just left. We just barely, like, missed each other. So I was there for two years, and then he came home two years later, and I was still there. So that's how we met. Yeah. That's cool. Now, um, Erica had some questions. She wasn't able to join us. Um how and when did you get started on your journey individually? Um, so for me, for me, it started, I was, I was a senior in high school and I, so my dad, my dad's a magician. He's a professional magician. He's been a magician for like 30, 36 years or 37 years or something. And so he was the one that actually got hired years before I started working at the Mayan he was doing magic shows every Tuesday every Tuesday they'd have like the kids eat free on Tuesday at the Mayan right and so they would bring him in they pay him to do magic shows for the kids and so it was really it's a cool thing for him well he overheard that they needed divers and so he came back to me and I'd grown up just being a little bit like acrobatical my whole life not actually in diving but jumping on trampolines going to local like cliffs and jumping off the cliffs in the water so he heard about it and he said, hey, man, you should just go try out. I know they're needing divers. So that's where it started for me. I, I, as a senior in high school, I tried out. They hired me. I worked there my whole senior year um, and then left on my mission, um, came home. That's where we met. We, she started diving. We were diving. And then the restaurant shut down in 2011. And so we were kind of faced with this ultimatum, like, do we continue to try and perform or do we move on and try and find, like, real people jobs like like normal people job <laughs> so we decided to uh not get jobs for about four or five months because we had some money saved up so we didn't take jobs for about four months and all we did every single day was train all of our skills um so we we were working on our trapeze stuff we were working on our duo we had a rope act that we did up on this rope we had a act that we did together um on Lyra, we so we just kept training all of our skills. Then we put together a demo reel, and then we heard about SeaWorld, and so and then we tried out for SeaWorld, and then basically it just kept going from there. Once we did SeaWorld, it was nonstop. It just kept going and going and going, and we had work every year, all year round. Yeah. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the where it where it began for us. And uh, he's your little training buddy. I see in your uh, your. Uh, Instagram videos. He's always there yeah, with you. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah, you definitely is. Huh, oh, buddy? Are you our trainer, buddy? You are, huh? You're a trainer man. Yeah, and he's uh he's gone all over the world with us, huh? Haven't you? Yeah, he still has his we started taking him around the world when he was like a month old. Actually wow. two weeks. He was two weeks old. And so his passport, he still has his passport from when he was two weeks old. So what's funny what's funny is you know you know when you go through customs and stuff and you can never you can never get those custom um TSA agents to break a smile. They're very serious, they're very like they're like stones, right? Yeah. Well, if you want to see them break a smile, it's every time we hand hand them Jax's passport. They take a look <laughs> at that passport and they see this like little infant on this passport, and they just they crack up every time. So it's pretty cute to see that he's he's four years old and he's he's got like I think he's been to like eight eight different countries. Um, he's a world traveler. Well, I, I've never I haven't been outside the United States. Yeah. Well, technically we. We we took a boat ride and we got into Mexican waters a little bit, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Another question uh, she had is, uh, where do you get your inspiration from your for your performances, like like the ones you created for um, AGT? A lot of times we'll we'll try and find a song that we like, and then we'll try and try to build the act around the song and like the vibe of the song because if we don't like the song it's really hard to you know like choreograph and get into it so we for us it's really important to have a song that like moves us in some kind of way you know whether it's romantic or it's exciting or it's like dangerous we just want something that it's got it's got to have feeling the song's got to have feeling mary mary's grown up her whole life being a like a mute in musical theater and and ballet and so she has she has a really like keen ear for like music and choreography so she does she does most of our um putting together choreography stuff i i have a a better sense for just acrobatical things it's just more my like wheelhouse so between the both of us it works really well because she's really great with choreography and music and and timing and flow and all this stuff and then i understand the acrobatics and so we just sort of like come together and just build it ourselves we've never really had anybody um choreograph for us it's just, it's just everything has been on our own. We get a lot of inspiration though. We watch, actually, believe it or not, we lot of, we watch a lot of just like couples, yeah, couples, um, uh, like ballroom, dance, ballroom dance, ice skating, couples, oh, yeah. uh, just, just couples dance because we, what we do is we sort of like look at what they're doing. We get some inspiration and then we flip it upside down and take it up in the air. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like we get some inspiration that way too. Like like at the end of um, your ones, it looked like a very salsa pose where you guys would stop roller skating. His yeah, very yeah yeah. Our, our our other act, the skating act, we get a lot of inspiration from a lot of like like ice skating, dance, and stuff like that too. Where did um, so the last one that was on the champions uh, thing? Where she's spinning with with the headpiece and everything? Yeah. Where in the hell did that come from? <laughs> um, the, the skating is actually a really old circus act. So yeah. it's been around, you know, since there's been roller skates. So you can get on YouTube and look up these like black and white, uh, really old videos of people roller skating. But where we learned it was we got hired to do trapeze on a cruise ship in 2013. And there was a Spanish couple that did the roller skating act. And we just thought it was really cool. And the audience really loved it 
So we were like, oh, I think like we need a ground act. Maybe we could learn that. And we, we thought we'd be able to learn it, but it was a lot harder yeah. than we thought it would be. I grew up, I grew up yeah. like skateboarding. I was always riding bikes and stuff. So I'm like, I'm comfortable on being on wheels. Like I know how to yeah. be on wheels. So I saw the the roller skating. I'm like, babe, we could learn this. And I think it'd be a great addition to our like performances. We, we have the aerial act. that's really great. And we could have this ground act. that's really great. And I'm like, yeah, we got this. So we bought some skates, put build a little platform. And I'm telling you, man, that I think learning the skating, I think I was challenged with that more than any other thing that I've ever done in terms of like, like being athletic and, and learning a craft. I think skating, I think skating was the most challenging thing that I've done because it's so, it's really, really dangerous. And I am 100% responsible for her life. And so it, there's so it's such a psychological game, and I have a lot of respect for for a lot of these um, old school like um, circus acts that used to do this stuff back in the early 1900s, um, because it is not an easy thing to learn. It looks like it, you know you could figure it out, but man, it takes it takes so many repetitions to dial in um, what's needed. One small little like hiccup, and you fall down. There's no saving it, and so. It took a while, um, but it's man, it's a great act. So, did you, did you? Th- this is from my head. Did you like practice with a a dummy trying to get started, just the weight <laughs> and the distribution? Or was it always you her? Know, her yeah, you know, I'm not calling I her did, a dummy, but <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I actually made a couple of videos that we posted on our on our Instagram, and I said uh, I said that this is Mary's stunt double, and we call it, we call her Bertha. Um, it was a it was a hundred it started as a 50 pound punching bag that i would just grab a hold of the top of the bag and spin that and then i graduated to a hundred pound punching bag and so that's where that's where some of the skill i you know it'll never it'll never be the same so like picking up the punching bag versus her it is not the same but it at least gave me a little bit of the rhythm and and the the know-how to like do things properly without killing her like right off the bat and so then when we would use her we would put a helmet on she would wear a mouth guard she would wear shoulder pads elbow pads wrist pads knee pads we would put a pillow a big full-size pillow in her shirt in her back so it would cover her spine and her butt and so she just she looked like a like a rag doll like a like like a scarecrow or something (laughs) she was just stuffed with all this this padding but that's how we learned it. Wow. It, it, it was amazing. T- tell us about your experience at America's Got Talent, like, you know, auditioning and, you know, kind of being in that waiting area to come on the show. You always hear about that where you're all yeah. just hanging out backstage. Yeah. Uh, it's super, it's super stressful. It's, it's pretty stressful because uh, <laughs> you just never really know. Um when your time's coming and the thing is is like it's no blame it's no blame on anybody's part it's like they're running they're running a very very large like operation there and so they and because they're on tv there is no time to be uh messing around with like if if you're not ready you're not ready they don't have time like they have commercials they have like you can't just mess around so it's pretty stressful because you it's basically if you've ever been on like a movie set there's this famous saying that says, hurry, hurry up and wait. Yeah. 
um, that's kind of like what it's like. So you got we have to, and for us, we're physical performers, so we always have to be warm and we have to be like warmed up and ready to go. And so we probably would spend three, four hours um, literally just warming up all day long. You know, so by the end of the day, we were just exhausted because we were just constantly trying to like warm up. And so it made it really difficult. Uh, but the, the actual actually being there and stuff, it, it was such a like a surreal moment. It was really cool to be surrounded by a lot of high level um, talent, something that people don't understand. They don't really realize until you're in the moment. Um, you when you're surrounded by people that are like really, really high level, really, really good at what they do, um, it starts to, you start to weed out a lot of these like bad personality traits. And so I, I, I sort of almost thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought there's, you know, people that are like Hollywood and like super talented and stuff. You just sometimes imagine they're going to be kind of like divas and they're going to be, you know, always demanding stuff. Well, it was, it was the opposite. Um, when we made it to the finals on AGT in, in 2018, um, it was us and 10 other acts or us and nine other acts. And it was, it was pretty fascinating at how humble, how kind, how loving and how just like genuine these people were. So we had a, we had a really, really great experience. The crew, the cast of all the AGT production, they were super great. We had a, a, a rigging guy that, that dealt with us. He was always rigging our trapeze. He was like the best ever, you know. So we had a, we had a really great experience. But it was just – it's always stressful. Everything we do is very dangerous, and Mary could potentially get hurt really bad. So we're it's always stressful. Yeah, well, because when we work at, like, Cirque du Soleil, I mean, their, their safety checks are just like safety, safety, safety. And then, like, you have a rehearsal that's – just for the lighting and then you have a rehearsal that's just getting used to the new rigging and you have a rehearsal with the new costumes and then yeah. like you you go through pieces to piece yeah. together yeah. and then on AGT it's like go yeah you know and like the rigging could feel different yeah you don't know what the lighting's gonna be right so. and they're not they they don't know our wheelhouse they're not yeah. they've never done anything like what we do so they don't know what we need and so, and it's, it's hard sometimes to get our point across because some of the needs we have are very specialized and, and could actually sound kind of funny, you know, to them because they've never seen it before. And so it, it gets hard. We had, a, we had have a lot of patience um, just with certain things like that. And again, it's not to blame anybody. It's just like, we're in a whole new world, you know, yeah. we're not at a Cirque du Soleil show where they hire guys like us all the time. And they're like, we know exactly what you need. And so that that's what made it stressful. But again, it was such a cool experience to be able to have this camaraderie with all the other finalists and stuff and, and meeting these people and, and seeing them now, seeing the, the level that some of these people have climbed to. Shin, Shin Lim, the, the winner of our season. I mean, the dude's a superstar now. Um, there, there's just a lot of these performers that have just climbed up, climbed so high and their, their careers are so set now. Um, and it's been inspiring to be around that, you know, it's just been a cool thing. Um, aside from the show itself, did you have any reaction with the, the hosts? Yeah. 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 Um, Tyra Banks. Tyra um, Banks was nice. Tyra Banks uh, was super, she was a sweetheart. And you know what I thought was kind of cool about her? She, she actually has a little bit of this like shy demeanor to her. So on that. camera, she is bubbly and fun and like all this stuff. And then backstage, when we would hang out with her backstage, 
she had this this really adorable like shyness about her which i didn't expect you know it was just it was really really cute to see that and so she was a sweetheart um terry cruz is like one of my idols he's the he's the host for champions oh, yeah um, terry cruz is super nice well and now he, now he's the host for the regular yeah. season too. and he he actually like keeps in contact with us yeah we talk to him yeah. on social all the time yeah. oh, awesome he's so great man he's just he's a he's an inspirational dude he's i've been a fan of terry cruz since you know ever since i knew him back when i was younger you know even back when he was playing football and stuff and so he's he's a great he's a great dude he seems like a great personality yeah he really is and what you're saying about you know these famous people having more kind of quiet demeanors you know when they're yeah. You know, kind of behind the scenes. I I've worked with Wise Guys Comedy Club like the past okay. few years. Oh, okay. And I've seen tons of comedians come come through and had conversations with them, and, and it's exactly like like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kevin. Yeah, same, and and that's funny. You you bring up Wise Guys because um, Sam Sam Comro, he was one of the comedians on the year with us. Um, he was a finalist. I think he took the fifth spot um, in in our in our year on, on twenty eighteen. Um, same thing. He's on stage and he's just this life, just this ball of life. And then backstage, he's very calm. He's very reserved. He doesn't have to be funny all night long. Like he's just, he's just this, like, he's got this like stage presence and then he's got Sam presence and they're, they're very different. Um, and so it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah. I've made a handful of posters for him throughout, throughout the years. Oh, cool. And he's I a great guy. We love Sam. And I've seen Piff up at Wise Guys. Piff. Yeah, we've no, we haven't got to meet Piff, but um, we hear great things about him. Oh, very. Who? Oh, uh, Cripple Threat. He was the he's on he was on the season after us. Uh, oh yeah, um, he is coming. Yeah, yeah, he's coming to Utah soon. So we we got we made good friends with him because uh, he was on Champions with us in this last year in twenty or in twenty twenty. Um, so we we got close with him. He's a he's a fun guy. He's he's a lot of fun. Well, if you guys end up seeing seeing him, let me know when, and I'll I'll co come and see you guys there. Yeah, too. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. we'll definitely. You're you're in holiday, right? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, cool. we figured that out uh, last week when we had to, yeah. had to reschedule. Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't realize <laughs> the list so close. My my grandma, my grandma's just over on Walker Lane, so she's probably real close to you. Oh yeah, yep. I yeah. I've delivered uh, groceries on Walker Lane. I do Instacart oh, cool. sometimes. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. We love we love the holiday area. It's, very it, it's beautiful up here. Okay, we covered Sea World. We covered uh, Cirque du Soleil. Um, the studio. I. Heard, I, during research, I saw that you guys uh, developed a studio with some other performers from the Mayan. Am I getting that right? Um, so we, there was a, it was kind of funny. So the mine, the mine shut down, right? Yeah. And so we're sitting here going, and it was so out of the blue. Nobody expected this, that the owner of the Mayan, he told nobody. Our, our boss boss had no idea. And so um, they kind of showed up and said, guys, we're really sorry. This has sort of been like a long time, like a long time coming. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and his words, his literally his words were all good things have to come to an end. <laughs> so we're sitting there just going like, what, really, what? So they shut down the Mayan 
and then we you know we all of us performers were like okay what do we do now so we sort of like formed this little like uh performance troupe and uh we were planning on kind of putting together like a whole like production just between all of us and so but you know what ended up happening was mary and i we were kind of the ones that were more like really really serious about taking our career to the next level yeah and so we got hired for SeaWorld, world literally the following after the mayan closed we got hired for SeaWorld like four months later and so we didn't have time to build up the like the performance production here right and so we left and started traveling but then my brother my brother lance who also dove with us at the mayan him uh he actually started a studio and so what he's got going on is it's a youth circus program that he does in in draper he's got a studio in draper and so um he has he's just training training youth i mean it's kids that are like three years old to like 21 years old and so it's a whole program that kids can come and they can learn all the aerial disciplines they can learn all the tumbling they can learn um all types of circus apparatuses so it's a cool thing so we that's actually where we go and train is at his gym every day okay yeah um, when uh, when Erica's going to be on last week, she sent out a thing to get questions, and one of them tied into circus apparatus. Is there one that you've you've seen that you want to try that you haven't haven't messed with yet? Um, you know, I I was always as as we've kind of like like grown in this circus industry, I was always so fascinated, and I thought that this apparatus was so cool. It's called the uh, the Chinese pole. And so what it is, is it's this, it's this like 20 foot pole that is, if you can just imagine a pole that's like, like this, there are three attachments that, that, that attach it to the floor. So it's just a, it's like a freestanding pole with attachments that guy wire it down. Okay. And then the pole is covered in this like, kind of like this rubbery, foamy like feel. And you got these guys that run up and down this pole, and they're doing all these crazy, like, gravity-defying gravity moves on this pole. And so that was one that um, I actually got to do that while we were at SeaWorld for, for one year, because our first year I was just doing acrobatics. And Chinese pole was one of the uh, disciplines. And so I got to, I got to do a, be a part of that, and it was really cool. Um, so that was one that I always thought was cool. Uh, Mary does, Mary does like all the aerial stuff. She does silk, she does Lyra, she does the rope. Um, I like the, if I could go back, like, if I didn't do aerial, I would do Russian bar. Russian bar. Um, so Russian bar is, that's the one where, so, so imagine this is literally what the apparatus is. Um, you know what pole vaults are in the, in rack where they stick the pole and they go over the, the, the line thing. So imagine three pole vaults that are that are that are bound together like this, and they're they're taped together. Okay, so it's about fifteen to twenty feet long. They're taped together, and then a guy stands on one end with the the poles over his shoulder, and then the other guy stands on the other end with the poles over his shoulder, and then a person stands in the middle. And because they're so flexy, like they they bend and flex, yeah. they can literally fling the guy up into the air he does some tricks and they can follow him and he lands back on the bar 
and then they keep throwing him and he just does tricks after tricks and they can move to whatever side they need to go to. Cause if the guy goes up and he starts to drift one way, they can get underneath him and follow him and then catch him again. And so um, Mary probably could have been really good at that. If she, if she would have uh, tried doing that, that apparatus. So. Um, when was the last time you were genuinely afraid to try a new trick? Um, AGT. AGT. Yeah. AGT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially with the blindfold aspect. Yeah. Of it. So, because in, in 2018 in our middle round was when we tried that for the first time and, and I dropped Mary. I mean, I like, I was totally confident that I could do it. We did the skill and the routine. She slipped through my hands and you know, the thing, the thing running through my head was like, did I just like murder my wife? I was so afraid to like pull that blindfold off to like look down to see my wife like mangled and broken. And we always, we always perform with a mat. So she landed on a mat. So she was fine, but the mat is not, the mat is not a guarantee that she's going to be fine. She can still land in a weird way and get really seriously hurt. Yeah. So when that happened, when I, when I saw, when that happened, um, First of all, we, we thought for sure that the AGT was going to give us the boot and that we weren't going to move on because they're like, well, you screwed that up. But you know what? They saw they saw such a desire in us from the first round to that round. They saw us. We we didn't just try and step up our game. We, we did everything possible. We lit our trapeze on fire. I put a blindfold on. We raised the trapeze higher. Like, we they saw everything that we were trying to do, and so when we fell, Simon looked at us. First of all, Mary grabs the microphone and she goes, "We would like to go up and do that again." And the judges are looking at each other, and then they look at me, and I'm almost doing this like, uh, and Mary's like, "I want to like, go." I'm up still and processing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then Simon looks at us and he goes, "You know what?" He goes, "He goes, you guys put it all out there." He's like, "You literally put it all out there." He says, watching you fall like that, he said, that made that made it so real to me. And he says, I can now I see what you guys go through day in and day out. Now I see what Mary has to go through when I decide to put a blindfold on and try and catch her. Like th- like she has to go through that. Yeah. So Simon saw that and he, and he was so he had so much admiration and, and he's so much respect for us. He normally hates circus acts. He normally doesn't like it. He told us that over and over again, but he was so, he was so moved by our willingness um, that he, that they put us through. Um, So that was the scariest moment because now they put us through. So now I know when we go back to the next round, I have to do it again. Like, (laughs) because we can't just, we can't just like shrug it off and be like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Like I knew I had to do it again. And so that was so freaky to go back to the next round. And do it again. We did that trick every single day. Yeah, we we got we had a contract in between. We did that trick every single day after I dropped her. And still that night when we went back to AGT for the quarterfinals, that night I was literally like quivering. Like I was so freaked out because I'm like, if I drop her again, I'm done. Like the world can remember me as the guy that that threw his wife on her head. And like I'm I'm finished. And so it was so scary for me, and I know it was for her. She handled it way better than I did. Um, and so that was super freaky. We we did the next round. We caught it. We kept moving on. And it just – everything was flow after that. Once we did that quarterfinals, 
semifinals, we just flowed. Uh, finals, we it flowed. Like everything just went so well for us. Um, and then when we went back for for champions in 2020, we were doing a whole nother skill where we were incorporating the skating, and I was blindfolded for the skating. And so right back again, like I'm having these feelings of like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna freak out. And so yeah, so those were the scare. Those were those were definitely <laughs> the moments. Well, and I mean, not not to put down singers because I love singers and people connect with singers in a way that they can't connect with other acts because you know when the singer's singing and the camera is up close on their face and like you get to look into their eyes and they make you feel this emotion. You know, you get really attached to singers but with them they just change a song and then they're like oh that was great with with an act like us if you go and do just another trapeze act they're like that was exactly what you did last time and you could say but i changed the song it doesn't matter they'll say it was the same so you know it's stressful with us is we have to do all these things we normally don't do like when we're at Cirque du Soleil we we do what we're used to practicing a lot. And then on AGT, if you go through a round, they're like, what What are you going to do next time to make it more dangerous? Yeah. And I'm like, why does it have to be more dangerous <laughs> every time? Yeah. But we realized that's what we went on the show for. Exactly. So we had to do whatever we had to do to move on. And I think the judges and the producers appreciated that we were willing to try yeah. pretty much anything. To, you know, and we we left we left no stones unturned. I mean, everything that we could think of, we we did it. And so, you know, it was just it was just a cool uh, cool thing for us. And and at the time, it was super scary and stressful. But we look back and we're like, you know, we're so glad that we pushed ourselves that hard, and we're so glad that we put ourselves through so much stress every time we would go because there was five rounds that we went through for um for the normal season right we would do a round we would fly home and we would literally get sick like like physically we would get sick like fluish feverish and then we'd kind of get over it and we'd go back and we would do the round and we'd go back home and we would get sick like every single round and it's because we wouldn't sleep. We like everything was so focused on making this thing the best that we could do that we we would do it, and then we would just be drained, and we would have like two three days where we would just have to lay there and do nothing because we were so sick. Um, but we look back and we're like, you know what? Like that's that's what it took for us to get where we are. And anyone in the finals with us on 2018, if you looked at every single one of them, they did the exact same thing. Every one of them deserved to be where they were because every one of them left no stones unturned and they did everything possible to get themselves to that level. Everybody that didn't, everybody else that was like, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to save like this song or I think I'm going to save this trick or I'm going to save this uh, piece of my choreography for the fi- for the finals because that's like, that's the big thing. I'm going to save it. Anybody that did that never made it there. So we would literally, we did our hardest routine every single round. Every single round, it was the hardest thing we could think of. And so we would do it, and then we would make it through the round, and now we're like, oh my gosh, we've got to come up with something else now. What are we going to do? And it just, it, it would just work. When, when you're doing your best, when you're trying your hardest, and you achieve it, something else will come to you. It will just happen. And so that's what we learned. We learned that if we try to save something for the end, we won't make it to the end. We have to do the hardest thing every round. 
because they can probably see that, that you're holding back. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. The judges can see it, and they'll call you out on it. They'll say, I can tell you're holding back. I know you're better than this. And when they're kind of ripping you apart like that, the audience, the people judging, the people that are voting, they are like, he's kind of right. Like, it did look like he held back. And so if you appear to be holding back, there was one guy specifically that we were friends with on AGT, and I remember him saying this. He had his whole – he had round one planned, round two, round three, round four, round five. He had them all planned. He knew exactly what he was going to do, and they all built up bigger and better. And the whole time I'm like, I don't think you're going to make it there. You might, you might have this extravagant, unbelievable, incredible finales routine, but I don't think you're going to get there. And sure enough, he didn't. And so it was just one of those things where you leave it all out on the table every single round. Don't anything you think of that's the best you can do, you do it. Don't hold it back. Do, do you have plans to go again? So we um, we can't actually compete on the shows anymore. Once you've okay. made it to the finals, once you've made it to the finals, um, they don't let you come back and compete. Um, but we can we can go back and guest perform, and so we might be going back to do some guest performing on on one of the shows. So we're waiting to hear on that. Now the the world's shut down, and Cirque du Soleil yeah. had that scare, uh, bankruptcy scare, and yeah. I think they yeah. figured out. What have you guys been doing in this in this downtime? Um, so we've been working hard on once things get back and and open again. We've got some really good strategies on how we're going to market ourselves better for our performing, um, how we're going to do. We, we love doing these corporate events, um, something else we love doing. We love to speak. We love to help people, um, in, encourage people with either entrepreneurship, either motivation, like, like, get, like learning how to have drive in life, learning how to do hard things to become better and make yourself better. So. We're, we're putting together a lot of like public speaking type stuff. We're putting together a lot more um, better performances on our part. Um, we plan to do, we can plan to continue to perform. Um, and so the other thing that we're doing too is we're building a, an online fitness business. That, that was kind of the first love between Mary, me, me and Mary. I grew up just being in fitness, loving fitness. I've always wanted to improve my body in any way possible. And so a lot of people are continuously reaching out to us being like, hey, we'd love to have you coach us? Did you write us a program, a diet, whatever? So we're also focusing a lot of our time um, building an online fitness business. And so we're actually getting really close to be able to, be able to launch that. Um, so that's going to be launching pretty soon. Well, let us know and we'll share your part of the, cool. the your creativity family. So we'll, we'll share your stuff like crazy. Um, I think it is time for our bonus questions. We close out the podcast Wait. with three bonus questions. First one is, what does creativity mean to you? What does creativity mean to us? Um, I think creativity is something that you have to you you have to try things in order to become more creative. So what I would say is there might be some people that are really lucky and they can just have all these ideas that come to them and they're just they just have so much creativity in their own head. Um, I think every one of us are capable of that, but I think it takes practice and training and so i think the people that say well i'm just not that creative i think it's because they've never really tried to be creative in the first place and because it's not supernatural for them they don't ever practice it so creativity is something that you 
you do little things constantly and the creativity continues to come to you and it, and it, and it builds, it gets better and it gets better. And we experience that as we, as we tried our best on round one, we're like, okay, we did it. We are fresh out of ideas. Like now what? When you're forced, when you're forced to be creative, we knew in one week we had to do it again. And it had to be new music, new choreography, new um, everything. When you're forced like that, you will become creative. And so to me, creativity is something that is a learned skill and it has to be practiced. And the more you practice being creative, the more creativity you'll build. That, that's beautiful. I love that. Eric, do you have anything to add? I think you need to go out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because if you don't explore things, you'll never come up with anything new. So I think maybe a lot of people, you know, they just, they don't go outside of their comfort zone or outside of what they think is good or their taste. I think you need to just explore, and, yeah. you know, because like art and everything is subjective. So something you think is really good, somebody else might think is terrible. So, you know, you need to like explore yeah. a lot. I do yeah. graphic design and I do stuff that I think is great and clients are like, okay. So yeah, <laughs> I know that exactly. Um, yep. The last bonus, uh, the next bonus question is a lot, a lot uh, it's much more fun. Who is your favorite Muppet and why? Muppet. Favorite Muppet. Oh my gosh. I don't, I never, <laughs> I literally, I think I missed that era. I honestly think I missed it. I don't even, I never think I've even watched the Muppets. I don't know. I mean, I had a tickle me Elmo when I was Which younger. one? Which is, is 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 Kermit the Frog? Is he a Muppet? Yeah. Okay, I think Kermit. Wait, does like the Dark Crystal count? Yes, any uh, okay. Jim Henson related thing. So Labyrinth, yeah. Dark Crystal, Sesame Street. Um, yeah, so I, I'd go with the Dark Crystal, like any character. Yeah, those are that. the Dark Crystal's pretty cool. Yeah. Any did, of those characters. Did cool. you guys watch the new Dark Crystal show? Yeah, yeah it's really fascinating. Amazing. They've done a really. I'm I Mary. Mary's been on a lot more movie sets than I ever have. So I keep watching. We would, Mary, Jax has been loving the, that new series. And I would be looking, I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, how are they designing these sets? And, and it's, it's fascinating how they're doing that. Yeah, Dark Crystal. I love it. And I, I'm glad it came back. I was a little nervous. Yeah. I'm like, how are they going to match the tone and the look of the, the yeah. movie? But they did it. Yeah. And the last one, in the movie of your life, who would you want to play you? Uh, who would I want to play me? <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm I mean, like, I'm like this. If you weren't so white, you could have a rock. I, play you, but... <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I, I, sometimes I think I view myself as Dwayne Johnson. And so, um. Even like though, even wish. though I'm like a fraction of the man that he is, I think, uh, I think, I think maybe Dwayne Johnson, or or like maybe Brad Pitt, maybe uh, who else is cool? Oh, Jason Statham, maybe maybe Jason. I think I think me and Jason Statham we could be more comparable. Jason Statham, whatever his accent. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, um, Mary, what about you? I don't know because there's actresses who I like, but they don't really look like me or anything so it depends like does, does the actor have to look like you or <laughs> yeah. i don't Not necessarily know. just kind of kind of the vibe of them fitting you yeah i don't know i mean i love like lively but i feel like she's oh, much more yeah. like glamorous than i am <laughs> lively she's the best uh i don't know 
And same with like, I love Natalie Portman. Yeah. But again, like, I feel like I'm a little, I'm a little more yeah, you're, you're so girls. much, you're so much more raw than know. those girls. Who's raw? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Oh, oh, what's her name? What's her name? The the UFC fighter girl. Uh, Gina Carano. Gina Carano. You know who that is? Oh, she's the one on Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Mary's Mary's raw like like Gina Carano, just kind of more like a badass. She's a lot buffer than me. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's awesome on there, and I've watched stuff about her since watching the show. She's another incredible athlete. Actually, that makes me think of Star Wars, and I would pick. Oh yeah. Uh, what's what's her name? Is it Ray? Uh, right. What what's the new Ray actress's name? Yeah. Ray's Maybe I would just choose her. She's pretty yeah. sweet. And, and you've cosplayed as as her as Ray, haven't you, Mary? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I would just go with her because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Ray Sweet. Why not? There we go. So if people want to um, learn more about your work, can they go website? Um, best best thing best thing for us. I mean, uh, we're we're the most present on Instagram, TikTok. We have a little bit of a YouTube channel too. We post like little like uh, fun just relationship videos on on YouTube and some of our. You can find all of our AGT performances on our YouTube channel. But yeah, um, anybody that wants to reach out to us, um, Instagram is one of the better socials to catch us on. And that—that's how I found you guys. You—you uh, yeah. you liked uh, my Hell Theater post on my okay, yeah, yeah, uh, my linen yeah. design events, and then like, yeah, then I clicked on to see who you are. Oh, they're local ATT. Yeah, I'm gonna reach out to them. They would be good yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast. Yeah, so. so our handle, our handle on all our social medias is just Duo Transcend. So. Yeah, I think I was actually just trying to look up to see if Hale had reopened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it did. We went and saw a Bright Star, which we saw up at Pioneer last yeah. season or so, and we wanted to see it again. And it, yeah. it shut down just before it started, and then they opened it back up. We were in masks. Yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was pretty crazy. That was crazy. Well, thanks, you guys, for coming on. appreciate it. It took a few times to, to get here, but yeah. we did it. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. Well, thanks again, and hopefully yeah. see you soon with um, a cripple threat coming. And awesome, yeah, that'll yeah. be great. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see, let you know. Um, that'll be fun. Because we might be able, maybe we'll be able to. Because I know he wants to see us. So yeah. We'll see, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely see him. All right. So. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate thanks. it. Podcast is done, man. <laughs> <laughs>